love, uh, you read that in books, you see that in movies, you know, that love is bigger than everything. about that yeah. because I won't be there when the little kids go to college. Oh, you'll be there because I represent both of us. What I'm trying, and if I may join that, is to make the best of each day. Because if you think of tomorrow, maybe I'm the one who's going to go first. We don't know, nobody knows that. And whatever happens, happens. And I will always represent you as mom and dad. <laughs> lovers that we are, the respect that we have for each other and the love that we feel for each other is there every day, but we don't have a chance to really embrace it as much as we would love to. But something for sure is I love my husband so much. I respect his work immensely. And when I can make him laugh, love still exists for me. And it's one of the things that I enjoy the most. Fifteen years is not a long time for a son to get to know his father. You had a busy life, but we were communicating through golf, hockey, poker, and smoke meat. <laughs> and a lot of other wonderful food, bonding more and more as time went by. You left me now with enough good memories of you to share with my younger brothers. As they grow older, without you being around, I'll make sure to pass on what I've learned from you. You are a tough act to follow, but with your help, everything is going to be fine. Dad, I promise you here that we're all going to live up to your standards. Love is bigger than everything. Thursday, the 14th of January, 2016. The day the world lost a man so kind, so generous, and so loved by millions around the world. René Angelil, the visionary that brought Celine Dion to the world, has lost his courageous battle with cancer. But his legacy will live on, and we will pay tribute to him this month on the show. My name is Sean, I'm your host, and this is the Celine Dion podcast for February 
2016. We all hoped, we all hoped beyond words that Rene would pull through his illness. We've been praying for over a year now that news would be good. Sadly, Rene did lose his battle and uh, Celine and the whole family have been so brave, so courageous and so strong these past few weeks. I'm sure you'll join me in sending our thoughts and prayers to her and the whole family. This month on the show, we will remember Rene. We will pay tribute to him and the remarkable career he had and of course he built for Celine. Many memories coming up this month from those who were close to him and of course the music and songs that were important to him and Celine. Firstly on the show this month, we will hear from Celine. She spoke publicly for the first time since we lost Renee on Wednesday the 3rd of February at the tribute event held in Las Vegas. Renee Angelil, a celebration of life, fondly remembered Renee and Celine's touching and moving speech was a fitting tribute to the only man she's ever loved. This is home away from home. At the same time, I'm supposed to feel extremely comfortable being home. And right now, I'm not quite sure how strong I feel. I wrote a few things. I'll pass probably a few lines and let my heart decide where it wants to go. I think we've heard it all, you've said it all. But let me start by saying, good evening, dear friends. Well, I want to start by thanking all of you from the bottom of my heart for being here this evening to honor Renee the love of my life. He would be so happy to know that we are all here together telling stories and sharing memories and playing some of his favorite music. And especially in this beautiful theater that many years ago was one of his dreams come true. I also want to thank all of you who spoke so eloquently about my dear husband. I feel the love in this room. I feel his strength and his warmth being reflected in all of you. Renee always surrounded me with the best people who believed in us and who always worked so, so hard on our behalf. Many of you are here with us tonight. And forgive me for not, not naming names. Because over the years, there have been so many individuals who have carried our torch. And Renee would be upset if we overlooked anyone. But you know who you are. And more importantly, he knows who you are. Pretty amazingly, 
Renee, never hated anyone or had a wrong opinion about someone. Is it ever possible that someone loves everybody? I don't think so. But he never told me. He never told me what he disliked or the person he didn't like. And when I think about it, why didn't he? Knowing him so well, and I'm pretty sure you would agree with me. Why spending time with me to tell me that this person, he didn't like this one, or he didn't like this, or he didn't like that? Time was very precious to him. He loved life so much. He loved life so very much. And life loved him. He never took any second to talk to me against anybody. And I'm pretty sure, again, I'm repeating, I'm insisting, he had opinions on some people. Even sometimes, if I may say, I had opinions on some people. I think you know me so well that you know where I'm going. That he never allowed me to give my opinion if we were not alone. If there would be family or dear friends close at the table or somewhere somehow. When I was about to start and say, but what? He would either kick me under the table or give me like... Or he would give me a sign that I understand very well that me, his wife, the artist that I am, the performer that I am, behind closed doors, you can tell me anything you want, but not in front of people. An artist, a performer, never judge another one. And um, doesn't mean I don't have opinions and we all do. But it would have done what for me to say to some friends or family members that I dislike this performance or I know what it takes to perform and to be on stage and to give our best. Sometimes our best is the 30% of what we have left in us because we're sick, because it's all that we have left in us. We give it all. It's not always perfect. But I learned everything from him. But this is something that I didn't write, but it came to me just now. And I remember this for the rest of my life. But I would like to mention our friends and partners at Sony Music, AEG, Caesars Palace, and the CDA Feeling Team, 
as well as so many people in the media and, of course, the talented writers, producers, and musicians who have helped to shape our dreams from the very beginning. And boy, it was said before tonight, but did he love all the people? Every time I met someone and he was not there, I came home and it was like, so what did she say? Well, she, she just said that she liked to perform. But, what, but what, what exactly did she say? And I'm like, well, she just said that she, she, she was happy to be at the, perform, at the show. And she, no, but ex- I said, Renee, I don't remember. Like when people say to me, oh, you were great, great show and blah, blah, blah. I'm trying not to, not that I don't want to hear. I don't want the words to affect me. I don't want... I want to hear, but I just want to take a little. If the person comes to me and says, we had a great night tonight, I don't need to, to hear the rest. All the compliments that I refuse to hear probably help me without pretension saying so. Remain the person grounded that Trini wanted me to be so much. I know you said it as well from someone who brings in the paper, the newspaper in the morning to the manicure person, to the barber, to the hushers, to the fans, to everyone, from a person who has no shoes, like Dave Platel said, to someone who's at the top of a building, at the top of a company, making decisions and making a difference in our world. No one to his eyes was more important than another. It makes him grand for that. Also, one little thing to make me laugh because I did watch... I'm not a television watcher myself. I don't, um, you might be surprised, but this is the truth. I do not listen to music, um, radio, neither television. Maybe I have no time. I don't know. (laughs) That could be one reason. Or in the car on my way home, I have a few CDs that are suggested to me or something that I want to hear and I put my headphones on and the ride home is time for me. But the last two years I have watched some television with him. Did I like sports? Let me rephrase that. I loved him very much. That's very different. I would say touchdown when it was not time. I would say it's 
I would say things that were like not inappropriate. It was, it was not, I wasn't sure what I was watching. I was, I was not watching. I was looking. I was looking. I was looking for the remote control. I couldn't find the remote control. He had all the control. But we have watched a lot of a show that you do know. The price is right. <laughs> He thought I was so good. I knew the prices of everything. I'm the one who orders the stuff online, so I know what I'm talking about. Price changed. But anyway, on all, all this to tell you that um, I was watching Family Feud and The Price is Right with him. And um, he was crying when the person at the end of the show of The Price is Right won the showcase. A brand new car and a trip to Hawaii. The guy or the person or the girl was winning and he was like, I'm so happy for them. And I was like, wow. I don't know if you call this a blessed man or my gosh, you know, I think we need to talk a little bit. Um, Rene always made people feel so good. Even when we had to say no to them. You know, it's, way, it's, it's so easy to say to the kids or to anyone, oh, sure, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. To say yes, it's easy. To say no, it's not. I've heard it before tonight a little bit about the softness. When Rene said no, and don't get me wrong because I was never part of any of the meetings that he had where he had to say yes or no. He protected me from day one to for the rest of my life. I am pretty sure of that. Um, he didn't want me to hear the roughness of when it's about, what a meeting is all about, when you ask for, we need this, we need that, the amount of money, but this needs to happen, and we need it this way. He didn't want me to be there. He always protected me. He wanted me to focus. Focus on what he believed that I could do best. Sing. But every time that I heard him say no, which was not during a meeting, how many people do you know that said no to someone because I couldn't make it or for whatever reason it was that when that person left, the person felt good? 
I never met another one like that. I never heard him say that he disliked or passed judgment on others. He always guided me with these strong values. And all the time he spent with these people reflected the best part of his nature. His beautiful ability to make every person he ever met feel important and part of the family. This was his greatest gift, his dream, to treat everyone, like you said before, with respect, warmth, and so much love. So I know that he wants me to thank everybody so much for making his dreams come true. And making sure I do not forget anything. On behalf of my family, thank you again for being here with us this evening for this beautiful tribute to Mon Amour. René, I love you. So much. Merci. Good night. Je t'ai dit non, ça ne voulait rien dire. J'avais encore très peur hier. Il me fallait le temps de réfléchir J'étais encore bien jeune hier Mais ne fais pas cette tête Tout ira bien, tu le sais Puisqu'à la fin où tu vas Je vais
Celine with Toi's Ur Van, and it of course means 20 past three, and the song Rene himself picked to be the song uh, that opened his funeral service, and uh, that was of course the exact time that the funeral service began in Quebec. Rene then, born in 1942 on the 16th of January to his parents Joseph and Alice. He was born in Montreal in Quebec. Uh, now, wasn't quite sure what he wanted to do with his life, but I think it was inevitable he was going to fall into show business. And in 1961, he started out as a pop singer and he was in the pop group Les Baronettes. Uh, now, they were quite successful in uh, Quebec, actually, and across Canada and had several hits, mostly during the 1960s. And uh, one of the songs he recorded with the Baronettes was called Je Suis Fou which means I'm crazy. So from 1965, let's hear Renee perform with the Baronets. Here is Je Suis Fou. Je suis fou, fou de toi. Je t'en prie, ne t'en va pas. Ma chérie, je ne vis que pour toi. Baronets, I'm crazy. That was Rene, part of the Baronets from 1961 through to 1972 uh, until the band split in that year. Uh, in that year, Rene, along with his best friend Guy Clotier, decided to become uh, music managers and uh, both of them together uh, very successfully managed Quebec artists Rene Simard and Jeanette Reno, uh, among lots of others. Uh, but in 1981, they both decided to uh, break their partnership and become solo managers in their own right. And of course, in 1981, Renee was very famously sent a demo tape from Celine and her family uh, when they asked him to consider being her manager. Renee, of course, we all know the story, uh, didn't listen to the tape initially, uh, wasn't interested and uh, until he received a call from Celine's family encouraging him to, to listen to the tape and of course he did and of course it was a moment that would change his and Celine's lives forever. 
let's hear Rene talk about what the dream was with Celine, uh, what he believed she was capable of, and then we will hear the song, the very first song that would change their lives forever. Well, she couldn't speak English at all. Uh, so to me, the, the, the thing was to make her a star in, in French, in, in, uh, in Quebec, in French Canada, and in France. That was the whole thing. I knew that we could do that. I hear this voice that comes to me, that sounds to me like the voice of uh, coming from uh, God, you know. Such a great voice that I played my last chips. And in order to play your last chips, you really have to play your last chips. And my last chips was my house.
Zinni take on Rev, it was only a dream and boy did Renee make Celine's dreams come true and then some. Of course that was in 1981, along the way Celine and Renee would meet many people that would contribute to the dream and one of those people was Dave Platel. Uh, Celine's associate manager, Renee's partner for over 20 years, and he delivered a brilliant speech at the Celebration of Life event in Las Vegas. He delivered a great story about how Renee made everyone feel good, and in particular, a brilliant story about a golf caddy that he and Renee once met. Here is Dave's full speech from the event in Las Vegas. Dave Platel, Renee's business partner. Dear Renee, do you remember the first time we met at CVS Records in Toronto. It was summer in the late 80s. I know what you're saying. That was May 10th, 1987, 11 a.m. We're all doing Renee impressions tonight because we just want to love hearing him over and over again. You were a human calendar and a human calculator. And might I add, a creative genius. Anyway, at the time, I was the head of marketing at CBS Canada, and we were meeting about your artist, Celine, appearing at our national convention. Back in those days, I used to meet a lot of artist managers. They'd storm into our offices, yelling, swearing, making unreasonable requests, banging their fist on the desk. But you, you were so different from all of them. You were polite, soft-spoken, delicate, warm, considerate, and so kind. And that's how you were with all of us here every single day of your life. Well, Renee, you had me at, hello, Dave, nice to meet you. There are so many precious memories that have been running through my mind about you, but there's one simple sentiment that keeps replaying over and over, and it's a philosophy you had in life, and one that you expressed to me time and time again. I want them to feel good. That was your motto. I want them to feel good. And who was them? Them was everybody. All of us. Even when the negotiations got into a bit of a tug-of-war, and the other side was pulling a little harder on the rope, you wouldn't hesitate to give up a little, to get the deal done, to make them feel good, because you were smart enough to know that if you make people feel good, they're going to go through the wall for you. And the walls came tumbling down in support of Celine in every corner of the world, and the walls of this spectacular Colosseum at Caesar's Palace became a reality. Because people believed in you, and because you made them feel good. And did I mention you were a creative genius? Renee, I hope you don't mind if I share a little story about a little white lie you once told to make someone feel good. It was the late 90s. We stopped off in Hawaii for a few days after being in Japan for some promo for Celine. You and I decided to play some golf, and we were going to the Wailea Country Club a few days before a big PGA event, the Sony Open. It was the last day they were allowing the public to play, and they had this special program where they were auditioning caddies from around Hawaii to work the tournament. So the deal was they were giving us a caddy to try out. And if you remember, we met him on the first tee, and we were introduced. His name was Bobby. He was a native 
Hawaiian, and he wasn't wearing any shoes. He was barefoot. You were so excited. We're in the cart, driving down the first fairway. Hey, Dave, did you check the caddy? Tabernacle's got no shoes. He's going to feel the ground under his feet. We're going to get the perfect distances. Everything's going to be all right. Sorry, I'm hearing it as I... Well, everything wasn't exactly all right. Our shots went either way short of the green or way over the green. The putts that was supposed to go to the left went to the right, where Bobby pointed, and the putts that was supposed to go to the right went to the left. Uh, about six or seven holes in. Hey, Dave, I think the caddy is drunk. What do you think? I don't know if the caddy was drunk, but maybe. Anyway, we finished the round. I think we both shot about 150 that day. As we walked off the 18th green, there was a reporter and a photographer from the Honolulu Advertiser, and they wanted to ask us about our golf experience. They asked me about the course. I told them it was fantastic, great layout, beautiful shape. And they asked you, what do you think of the caddy? Ah, he was very nice. And did he help you with your golf game? Oh, yeah, he was the best. So, next thing, they're taking a photo of you, me, and Bobby, our all-star caddy. Next day, front page, sports section, Honolulu advertiser. There we were, Renee, Bobby, and I. Big day for Bobby, great day for us. Fast forward, about five years later, Celine's celebrity host for the Dinosaur Nabisco Golf Championship in Palm Springs, and a bunch of us get to play the Pro-Am. After breakfast, we're walking to the tees, and we hear this voice calling out, Renee! Renee! Hey, Renee! We turn around. It's Bobby. <laughs> He's got an LPGA bag over his shoulder, a brand-new pair of shoes, and he's thanking you profusely. And one more time, you tell him, you're the best. We walked away. We laughed, laughed pretty hard. You probably saw potential in Bobby back in Hawaii, and you wanted him to feel good. And by doing so, you gave him confidence. And look at the result. Renee, you had a real short memory for things that didn't go well, and a very vivid memory for things that did go well. You were generous with your praise, and that gave all of us confidence. You used to love retelling stories of pressure-packed showbiz moments with Celine. She came through, you'd always say, with such pride and joy. And it's true, Celine did always come through, because she knew you had her back. And she knows you still do. Before I finish up, I have to tell you how you made it so much fun for us to come to work every day. And everywhere you went, that's where we wanted to be. Is Renee going to be at the meeting? Will Renee be at dinner? Is Renee going to the studio? We didn't want to miss one moment with you. And what was truly amazing for all of us is that you had so much love for Celine and for your children and for your grandchildren and for the rest of your family and for Celine's family, and yet you still had enough love in your heart to spread around 
to the rest of us. You were a star shining so bright in all of our lives, the brightest in the night sky. And whether it was the great Muhammad Ali or a barefooted caddy named Bobby, you made everybody feel so good. Well, my friend, no dark shadows, no black clouds will dim your light. Your presence will shine on forever, and you will be with us for the rest of our lives. And for me personally, in terms of making me feel good, you hit it 300 yards right down the middle. I love you, Renee. God bless you always. And let's talk again tomorrow. When somebody loves you, it's no good unless he loves you. Where the
All the way, a brilliant live performance there back from 1999 when Celine appeared on The Tonight Show. It is, of course, the song that Celine always referred to as her and Renee's special song. Now, Dublin, 1988, the moment in time where Celine and Renee's relationship would move from singer and manager to... Well, something else. It was the moment a romance blossomed, a romance that would, of course, lead to marriage, to kids, and to possibly the greatest love story ever known. We'll hear Celine and Renee recall those moments now, and then we will hear a brilliant speech from David Foster from the Celebration of Life event held in Las Vegas, and then also a great performance of the brilliant The Colour of My Love, also from David Foster, a song, of course, used at Celine and Renee's wedding day. Here we go. Every day of my life, I got to know him a little better and better and better. And with years, I fell in love with him, with everything he did, everything he didn't do, and everything we want to do together and we're looking forward to. At one point, we got really close. I knew I, would, I loved him, and I think I kind of felt he loved me, but I mean, how much and how serious? And Anyway, 20 years old. A kiss goodnight was different suddenly. I can't explain it. It's just that when we left each other every night, it was harder. Uh, and one night in uh, Dublin, actually, I think she felt the same way. Well, I know she felt the same way. And I remember we came in at night after the show. And he said, you know, we should put our bathrobes tonight. We're gonna, I, I'm going to order room service. So that night he says, only the two of us. Okay. No problem with me. I love that. Soft. Soft heart. Soft voice. Soft skin. A soft yes when there was a request and a softer no for a request that didn't fit the mandate. I'm sure there's probably a kinder, gentler person on the planet other than Renee, but I have never met him, not yet. He didn't demand your attention, he commanded it. When I first met Renee in 1989, I'll be honest, I kind of assumed that he was in some kind of Quebec Mafia. You know the voice? No, I, I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be great. And then the pressure of him telling me that he believed in this younger singer so much that, that he mortgaged his house. I mean, can you imagine how that affected my decision to get involved? How could I say no to the Quebec Mafia? But the second I laid eyes on the both of them, I knew that they were building the next Canadian treasure. 
For the past 20 years, I always tell new managers that I meet, go and study Rene and try to do everything and copy everything that he has done. It was and is textbook. How did he know to be just right in every situation? How did he know how to navigate the treacherous waters, as Rob said, of the music business? Where did he learn to, to treat everyone with kindness and equality? How did he learn how to create and maintain a global career? How did he learn not just sympathy, but empathy? And then, as many have mentioned, there was the love story. And I saw it up close and personal from the beginning. And it was one of the greatest ever. I mean, these two loved each other in a way that I could never imagine. Mind you, I've been married four times, so it's... <laughs> I really can't imagine that. <laughs> I'm sorry. And forgive me to the other children, Patrick, uh, Marie, and, and Jean-Jacques. Uh, yeah, Jean-Pierre, sorry. Um, but I'm sort of directing this at Rene, but I, I mean it for all of you. Rene Charles and the other siblings. I lost my father when I was just a couple of years older than you, Rene. So I can speak with some experience on the subject. I still remember watching my dad shave, watching him do the dishes, watching him and play and teach me the piano. I still remember his smell and a thousand other memories that I've thought of every day for 50 years. And he is still teaching me. And I still want to please him and never disappoint him. And I promise you that your pain will turn to memories and those memories will turn into beautiful memories and those beautiful memories will turn into lessons. And I promise you that your father will be with you for the rest of your life. He gave you a great... He gave you all a great moral compass which points to true north. And you will never wander far from that. He has already made certain of that. And in turn, you will pass on that invaluable information to your younger brothers that don't know yet, as you noted, Renee, in your beautiful, heartfelt speech in Montreal. And finally, Celine, I, I can't speak to your loss, your losses from experience, but I will say this, that you have given so much love to Renee, to your family, and to the world, and that everywhere you go, your light and goodness shines, and it always has whether it's 20,000 people or an audience of just one, you make everyone feel special. But Renee, he was at the top of the list. There is much more love and light to come into your life in ways that you can't even imagine right now. And I really am sorry for your loss, but but please take great comfort in knowing that the man you chose to be your life partner was the best of the best. He was a king amongst kings. He was a renaissance man, a man of true character. He was a gentleman and a gentleman. Of course, you knew all this, and that's why you married him. That's why you devoted your lives to each other. 
but I'm kind of glad the world knows too. We all need a little Renee and Celine in our lives, for sure. Now, finally, this is Renee's evil trick on me, I'm sure. I'm going to do a song, I'm going to perform a song. This is a song that I wrote and we performed at Celine and Renee's wedding. It's called The Color of My Love. And I think Renee, he loved this song so much, but I think he loved it so much because if he was a lyricist, I think this is exactly what he wanted he would have wanted to say to Celine on their wedding day. Out of all the people that could be singing today, it's me that has to sing this song. It's just I got to say I can write them and produce them, but I can't sing for shit, okay? So But just just pay attention to the lyrics because well, and Celine sang the song, so nobody could beat that anyway, so it's probably better that I just suffer through it. After the song, I want to ask you one favor, okay? When I end the song, on the count of three, I want you to yell, stomp, cheer, clap, or anything else you feel like doing, not for the song or for my lame performance, but to let Renee know that wherever he is right now, he will hear us and our love for him. Oh, crap. (laughs) My apologies. This is Renee singing to Celine, okay?
my song tonight to my husband, Rene. Joyeux Noël, mon amour. I love you. I'll paint my mood in shades of blue. Paint my soul to be with you. In shaded tones, try your mouth to my own. I'll draw your arms around my waist, then I'll die. I shall erase. I'll paint the rain and that softly lays on your wind blowing hair. Dark and light while we hold each other. Oh, so. coming like he wants to have a romantic night. Uh, okay, no problem. I'm always ready for that. She had just come from New York from a voice lesson, and uh, I had a ring, and I was clumsy like crazy. First of all, I took out the box, and, uh, you know, instead I started crying. He opens the box towards him. He doesn't show me anything. He opens the box. <laughs> he starts to cry, and he says, you know... I've never done such a thing before. I've never done this before. I've never proposed before. And I looked at him. I said, what? 
<laughs> I started to laugh with tears in my eyes, but I was laughing. Finally, she understood what I wanted to do, and she said yes. <laughs> Celine did say yes, and she and Renee wed on the 17th of December 1994 at the Notre Dame Basilica in Montreal. Uh, a beautiful ceremony. Celine looked great on the day. And of course, sadly, that is where she has just said goodbye to Renee in the past few weeks as well. But great memories of the day back in 1994. And of course, the Grammys, the Oscars, the awards the record sales, really none of that matters to Celine. It's all about her relationship with Renee and the personal achievements they, they had together. Of course, their, their, biggest, their biggest and most important achievements are their children, uh, the twins Nelson and Eddie, and of course, Renee Charles, who just turned 15 years old. And you heard it uh, in our intro to the show this month, but let's revisit Rene Charles's brilliant eulogy of his father, of course, at the funeral service. Here we go. This is Rene Charles. Fifteen years is not a long time for a son to get to know his father. You had a busy life, but we were communicating through golf, hockey, poker, and smoked meat. and a lot of other wonderful food, bonding more and more as time went by. You left me now with enough good memories of you to share with my younger brothers. As they grow older, without you being around, I'll make sure to pass on what I've learned from you. You are a tough act to follow, but with your help, everything is going to be fine. Dad, I promise you here that we're all going to live up to your standards. Stempe. The brilliant speech there given by Renee and Celine's first child, Renee Charles, at Renee's funeral on Friday the 22nd of January. Now also at the Celebration of Life event held in Las Vegas, uh, Norm Clark, a journalist for the Las Vegas Review Journal, uh, spoke uh, very uh, wonderfully about Renee and Renee Charles' relationship and some of the brilliant memories they made together. Let's hear Norm Clark speak now and then we will hear the song that as far as Celine was concerned, she recorded for Renee Charles, The Brilliant A New Day Has Come. Here is Norm Clark followed by A New Day Has Come. In this highly competitive world of entertainment, Renee stood out for many reasons. One big reason was because he was such a soft-spoken, sweet gentleman. I'm used to people calling me professionally. When Renee called, he shared the personal. Since Renee knew I'd been a sports writer in my previous years, our conversations always turned to his and Renee Charles' latest adventure. One day, Renee called me from the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. RC had just met one of his big heroes, NASCAR driver Tony Stewart. All of five years old, RC had clearly inherited his parents' love of sports. During another conversation, Renee and Celine raved about R.C.'s budding golf talents. They had just played the legendary 
Augusta National Course, home of the Masters. It would have been enough just to play on that course, but R.C. went out and had one of his best days ever and shot a score in the 70s at age 13. His mom, an avid golfer herself, was proudly singing his praises and still is. But my favorite story about Renee and R.C. was when they went to Fenway Park to see R.C.'s favorite team, the Boston Red Sox. Renee was thrilled that he got to take his 10-year-old son out on that field and watch batting practice from a couple feet away. But he was even more thrilled when R.C. tracked down a ball, a souvenir of a lifetime. Then R.C. heard some kids hollering, begging him for the ball. And I'll be damned if he didn't walk over and give them the ball. Renee was so incredibly proud of you. He loved, loved, loved you. After the game, R.C. told his dad, this has been the greatest day of my life. It was obvious from the emotion in Renee's voice that it was also one of the greatest days in his life. A couple, um, uh, sorry, to, to commemorate that special day, Renee later surprised R.C. on his 11th birthday by having a, a commemorative brick installed at Fenway. Renee had a way of making you feel like you were a part of the family. I'll never forget the time he called me on a Saturday and said, that the twins had just been baptized in Las Vegas. I swear I felt like a proud uncle. As much as Rene loved sports, it was no match for the love he had for his family. And that came through loud and clear every time. Over my career, I've been blessed to meet many famous athletes and celebrities. But every once in a while, someone comes along who's so special, it changes me. Rene was one of those people. He was professional. He was kind. He was honorable. I'm so grateful I got to know him. And I miss him. Thank you.
A new day has come, of course, from the album of the same name released back in 2002 and the song that Celine considers to be written for Renee Charles, her first son with Renee. Some lyrics in there so appropriate for what's going on right now. Where it was dark, now there's light. Where there was pain, now there's joy. We will all be there for Celine and the family as they uh, are you know, trying to overcome their pain and grief just now. Now let's go back to the Coliseum in Las Vegas to the Celebration of Life event held for Renee. And next up we have a speech from Mitch Garber who met Renee in the poker world and then worked alongside him in the Cirque du Soleil as they worked with Selena and Renee of course for the A New Day production. This is a brilliant speech that reflects on Renee's generosity, his kindness and how he's always there for people. A brilliant speech here from Mitch Garber. Thank you, and uh, merci beaucoup. I have the uh, honored distinction of being a Montrealer, a Quebecer, a Canadian, and a member of the Las Vegas gaming and entertainment community. I began my career as a gaming lawyer in 1992, and I met Renee in 1995. We went to the Mike Tyson-Pete McNeely fight here in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand together. But it was years later when I came to Caesars and took over Renee's beloved World Series of Poker, that he paid me the biggest compliment of my career. Mitch, you know, you, me, Celine, and Guy La Liberté here in Vegas, it's not a coincidence. So please just remember to always be nice to everyone because that's who we are. I heard two things. One was that Renee considered me, even if in some infinitesimally small way, to be part of the same club that he and Celine were in. Quebecers influencing Las Vegas. That, of course, was the compliment. And the second thing was a big lesson, that you can be successful and you can be nice at the very same time. Such a simple lesson. A simple lesson, but it's the reason why we are all here today. And it's the thing that his fans and his children need to remember and honor forever that at the end of the day, this was a business and artistic genius, a devoted and worshipping husband, a doting and proud, committed father, and simply the nicest, kindest, and most generous man in the world. Kind and generous with time, with money, with words, with a smile, a handshake, a hug, and a God-given gift to make you feel like you were truly one of his best friends. And he made hundreds of us feel that way. Waiters, Barbers, maitre d's, golf caddies, more waiters, waitresses, more maitre d's, poker dealers, more waiters. Renee made you feel special. Rudyard Kipling wrote in the poem, If, if you can walk with kings and not lose the common touch, if all men count with you, but none too much. That's Renee and Celine, to walk with kings and not lose the common touch. Celine stood for nearly seven hours at the public viewing of Renee in Montreal, greeting fans and friends. Who does this? Incredibly nice and humble people who have not lost the common touch. And what about the teamwork of Renee and Celine? Renee admired Colonel Tom Parker and Elvis, 
But this team, I believe, had much more. I think the greatest team in the history of show business, and that teamwork extended to parenting, to friendship, and to philanthropy. Rene was, of course, a raconteur in an era where raconteurs are sadly becoming very rare. Two years ago, he asked me where I was spending my Christmas holiday, and I told him I'm going to South Africa. And without missing a beat, he said, you know Celine has the biggest selling album in the history of South Africa. <laughs> Even bigger than Thriller, Mitch. <laughs> so proud he was. I will miss his phone calls, by far my favorite phone calls. I remember one time Rene called Mitch, Rene Angelil. I burst into laughter and Rene on the other end said, why are you laughing? What's so funny? I said, Rene, you really don't have to say Angelil after Rene. First of all, I have call display and second of all, you have voice display. <laughs> the phone calls turned to texts. The texts turned to my text to Rene's friend Pierre Lacroix to relay to him old pictures video clips of me talking on French TV about René. And René answered through Pierre until very recently. And now, here we are. The raconteur is no longer with us. His stories Told. and our stories of him, however, are with us forever. I mentioned René's generosity. Well, René taught me another lesson. René Angelil was the Rocky Marciano of paying for your meal. I would show up 15 minutes early to give the maitre d' my credit card. I'm sorry, Mr. Garber, Mr. Angelil already called. I would call the day before. I'm sorry, Mr. Angelil has called to make sure no one else can pay for this meal. I have slipped waiters extra cash to give them a tip, and they've handed the money back to me. I'm sorry, sir, we cannot accept your money. A Las Vegas waiter refusing a tip, only Rene Angelil could orchestrate that. So about three years ago, I was sure I finally had Rene beat. We had set up a golf game at his course near his home in Lake Las Vegas. We were teeing off at 10 a.m. I hadn't planned to play golf, so I showed up about 40 minutes early to make sure that I would be able to buy myself some balls, some tees, a golf hat. I get to the pro shop. There's nobody there. I gather the things I need. I come to the cashier. I lay my credit card on the table. I don't tell the cashier who I'm playing with, so there's no chance that Rene can pay. And as God is my witness, and I stand here today, a little voice comes out of nowhere, and I hear, no, 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 you can't pay for anything. I've got this covered. I turn to the rack of golf clothing, and the voice was that of a 12-year-old Rene Charles Angelil. And I remember that day saying to myself, my God, there's two of them. <laughs> so to Celine and to Renee's children and his brother, his beloved family, extended family, his friends, my heart does ache for you, but at the same time, this is a well-deserved celebration of a life that you were nice enough to share with us. It is who you are. Et finalement, un mot à Céline. J'espère que mes yeux sont aussi rayonnants, ouverts, lorsque je parle de ma femme, 
que ceux de René lorsqu'il parlait de toi. I hope that my eyes are as wide open with love when I talk about my wife as René's were when he talked about you. René, rest in peace, mon champion. A brilliant speech there from Mitch Garber, and it truly does capture the essence of what Renee was all about. Kind, generous, loving, uh, and had time for anyone. Uh, brilliant speech, I thought, there. And of course, Renee and Celine, lifelong patrons of the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation in Canada, and uh, the chairwoman of that particular foundation recorded this touching tribute to Renee in light of his passing. As our celebrity patrons, both Céline and René are committed to the fight against cystic fibrosis and have been for over 30 years. Their support has contributed to exceptional advances in research, bringing us closer to a cure. Thank you, René, for helping us make a difference in the lives of Canadians living with cystic fibrosis. You will be greatly missed and never forgotten. Our thoughts are with Céline and her family. On behalf of those living with cystic fibrosis and their families, we are eternally grateful for your support and generosity. Thank you, Renee. Brilliant stuff there. And now a song that's featured heavily throughout the process since uh, Renee passed away. This is a brilliant L'Amour Exist Encore. Malgré les bons 
Believe me, I saw the woman in her before, but uh, <laughs> we just spent two months uh, after she came back from Europe and I had finished my treatments. Mm -hmm. And we spent two months alone in the house. For and the first she, time. For the first time. Because usually who's in there? Well, uh, we have some people taking, taking care, care of, of the house, but normally for me to have a two months break. For two months, we were it alone. It never happened. Mm -hmm. And she, she's a great cook. By the way, I'm good with leftovers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, we were very close. We we discovered each other again. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, we we took that decision before I got sick that to she stop. Was gonna stop. We were, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the the fact that I was sick made it even more real that it's time to stop and enjoy each other and our families. And uh, you know, we used to plan our lives in. We we used to plan the future. Uh, okay, in six months the new album is going to come out. In a year and a half you'll do another French album. And then in two years you'll... And with, with those, we kind of missed each other. Yeah, because your whole life revolved around the next release, and the, the next, next performance, song, and next, the next ex performance. Exactly. Yeah. And, and when we stayed home for two months, when he took my head in his hands and he looked at me and he said, Celine, I need you. For first, first time in my life, I felt like I was needed. Mm. It made me feel great. Selena and Renee talking there uh, on the Oprah show uh, of how important their time was together and how much they love each other. Now, for one final time, let's go back to the Celebration of Life event held in Las Vegas. This time we'll hear from John Dolep, uh, one of the executives in charge at Sony Music, who's been responsible for overseeing all of Celine's English recordings. And the words and phrases he uses to describe Renee are truly wonderful. Here we go, John Dolep. I've known Renee for over 26 years. And outside of my marriage and the birth of my two sons, I have enjoyed the greatest moments of my life, thanks to Renee. He let me part, be part of his family, and he is part of my family. And thanks to Renee, this is truly what we are, one big family. I'd like to read a few words and phrases that describe this wonderful man. Generous. Kind. True gentleman in every sense of the word. One of his goals in life was to make everyone happy. Stylish, thanks to Celine. Dreamer, risk taker, pioneer, visionary, leader, partner, loving father, amazing husband. Inspiring, lover of good food, the best order at a restaurant. When Rene ordered food, he would open the menu and he'd say, I'll take this and I'll take this. Everything on the menu. And if you loved it, he'd order two more servings. Mr. Sarah, whenever I needed to find Rene, he would always tell me he's at home. And whenever he says he was at home, I knew he was at Caesars. <laughs> Idea man, music man, passionate, compassionate, team builder, organizer, great golfer, great joke teller. When he would ever tell a joke, he would always start laughing before he would say the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> 
I could hear his laughter. Dealmaker. Indoor golf champion. When we were making the, uh, the Let's Talk About Love album, we were in London, and Selene had just taken up golf. So we took the mattress off the bed in their room, and we put it up against the window, and we started driving golf balls into this mattress. It sounded like a gunshot. So Renee gets me to get up there and, and hit the ball. I'm not what people call a golfer. So I, uh, I hooked it, and the ball's bouncing around the room. We're jumping out of the way. You remember. Strategist. Our godfather. And our secret weapon. Renee was the guy that always got it done. So in closing, I was raised in a Quaker tradition. And I would ask, I'd just like to ask everybody to bow their heads and think of a great Renee story that warms your soul and sends him a message of our collective love. I love you, Renee. Thank you. Another brilliant speech there. And of course, since Renee's passing, around the world, millions of fans have been grieving and uh, celebrities in the show business world have been sharing their thoughts as well. Just a short selection here of a few of their thoughts. Diane Warren, who of course has written many songs for Celine. Renee Angelil, rest in peace. Thank you for Celine and for giving her my songs. Thank you for everything and I'm hoping there are casinos in heaven. R.I.P. Renee. Larry King, heartfelt condolences to my friend Celine Dion on the passing of her husband Renee Angelil, a dear man and a great father. Cindy Lauper, what a heartbreaking and sobering week. My heart is with my friend Celine Dion and the loss of her beloved husband. Josh Groban, Renee spoke softly but carried monumental respect. Some of my first moments in this business are because of him. Love to Celine and their children. Andre Kutu, of course, Celine's guitarist for 20 years. Thanks a lot for these memories, Renee. Thank you for believing in me. I'd like to offer my sincere condolences to all of your family. Sony Music Canada, we are deeply saddened by the passing of Renee Angelil. He was a visionary and an icon, and it was an honour to work with him. Leanne Rhymes, my heart and so many prayers go out to the sweet Celine Dion. She is the biggest heart that I'm sure is broken. R.I.P. Renee. Perez Hilton, another tragic loss from cancer. Celine Dion's husband Renee has just passed away. My heart aches for their three children and I send them so much healing, light and strength. Donny Osmond, my heart breaks for my Las Vegas neighbour and friend Celine Dion. Extremely saddened to hear about Renee's passing. Anne Geddes, dear Celine Dion, sending love to you and the children today after the passing of Renee. My thoughts are with you. Just a few there then of the massive outpouring of emotion that came when the news broke that Renee had sadly passed away. There's absolutely no doubt at all he will be missed by millions around the world. And of course, as Celine Dion fans, we will perhaps feel it more than most. Uh, but we will be there for Celine as she goes forward. She is, of course, due back at the Coliseum on the 23rd of February in what I'm sure will be an emotion-packed evening uh, for that concert. 
and of course anyone going to the show that night I'm sure you'll represent all the fans around the world we're going to say goodbye this month as the way Celine and the world say, said goodbye to Renee at the funeral on the 22nd of January. Uh, a song that Renee himself picked uh, for the end of the funeral service. It is, of course, the classic song by Jean-Jacques Goldman, Celine's biggest hit in her French career. It is Pour Que Tu Meme Encore. Um, this has just our, been our small tribute to Renee. Uh, this month on the show uh, I know how important he was to you to Celine and like I've said lots and lots of people around the world he will be missed I will miss him uh, what a character what a man he was he was quite frankly a legend Renee we salute you we thank you and we will miss you from all of us here on the Celine Dion podcast this month thank you for listening and goodbye Love, uh, you read that in books, you see that in movies, you know, that love is bigger than everything. J'ai compris tous les mots, j'ai bien compris merci. Mais on a des mots, c'est ainsi Je vais chercher ton...